Good morning, private equity, and welcome to the pod's first venture edition. What's an ICO? What's an STO? And is it the way to go if you want to fund your startup? We address these questions and also talk about fun fairs and rocket launchers in this episode of the Unquote Private Equity Podcast. Hello, listener, and welcome to the pod. Today, we're going to be talking about securitized token offerings, more commonly known by the acronym STO. These offerings are the latest crypto craze for companies looking to raise money without relying on traditional venture capital backing. To discuss this in the studio today, we have the deep, soothing tones of Unquote News Editor Oscar Gein. Hello, Oscar. Hi, Kenny. Good to be here. We have a podcast debut for Unquote Associate Editor Denise Co-Genovese. Hi, Denise, and welcome to the pod. Hi, Kenny. Thanks for having me. And we have Unquote Research Manager Gareth Morgan. Welcome back, Gareth. Thanks very much, Kenny. Great to be here. As ever, we have an expert guest who will be going into this in a bit more detail later on. But for those of our listeners who, like me, are not 100% au fait with all these crypto acronyms, Oscar, what is an ICO and what is an STO? Okay, so uh, Kenny, just on a very basic level, because we will be going into this in a little bit more detail with the guests later on, as you said. Um, But essentially, an ICO, it stands for Initial Coin Offering. It's a way that companies can raise money by selling coins using blockchain technology, so tokens or coins, um, which are in some way related to their business model. Uh, So for example, if it's a music streaming service that's raising money, maybe the tokens can be redeemed for a subscription to the service. And you sell a lot of them up front. Um, Hopefully they appreciate in value and at some point can be sold on. Uh, But it's not exactly clear how you would get rid of them and if there really would be a way of trading out of that position. Sure, and I'll take the the STO, Kenny. Uh, In effect, that's broadly very similar to an ICO. It's backed by the same kind of technology. It issues the same kind of tokens, but those tokens are actually backed by assets. So that might be equity in a company. It might be art. It could be anything. But there there is an underlying value that that token has. Um, So in theory, a company could use uh, an STO process to issue equity. Okay. And why would a company choose to go down this route, Denise? Um, Well, it seems to me that it's a fairly easy way to raise money, especially if you want to get a more meaningful amount than, say, what you can do via crowdfunding. And also, because an STO seems to be regulated, um, there seems to be an underlying security. So for me, it would be much safer. Yeah, just to interrupt there quickly, Denise, I mean, obviously, it's early days still for STOs. Um, maybe they will be safe. Um, obviously, the FCA has been heavily involved, so hopefully they'll at least be more regulated. Um, but when we looked, if you look at what happened with ICOs, a lot of them raised a lot of money in 2017. I think it's fair to say that not all of them had particularly compelling cases for why they were raising using this method. And a lot of those tokens have not retained any value. Yeah, Totally, that's fair enough. Um, I would say, though, this does seem like a step in the right direction, though. So we'll have to see how that all pans out. Another thing I wanted to say in their defence was that um, it does make everything much more accessible, doesn't it? The industry, the market, and that goes with along with the spirit of what blockchain was created for, the democratisation of the industry, the investing, financial markets. So I think it seems quite positive, really. Yeah, absolutely. And on that point of opening out and democratising the market, market. What impact is this having or might this have on venture capital? Uh, Well, obviously, on the face of it, it's not really great for venture capital. 
if companies have an alternative and let's face it cheaper way that they can raise money without giving away equity at all in the case of an ICO or without giving away as much equity in the case of an STO, um, then it's a, a big challenge for venture capital. Uh, now, we'll speak later about some examples of venture capital firms that have been at the forefront of this and getting involved and demonstrating how they can really add value. But certainly on the face of it, I'd say it's a, it's a challenge to the industry. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to have to wait and see how that how that plays out. And uh, now, if a company were to go down this route and launch an ICO or an STO, they would need to list it on a platform where investors could find out about and invest in it. Oscar, you spoke to Ryan Hanley, who works at one such platform called Token Market, and we'll be back with the interview after this. Hello, listener. I'm here to tell you about Allocate, European Private Equities AGM, hosted by Unquote. This year, we'll be returning to The Grove in Hertfordshire from the 19th to the 21st of June. I'll be there, Kenya will be there, and so will more than 100 LPs, the top tier of European GPs, and our advisory partners. We'll be talking about all the big themes that will affect the next private equity cycle, catching up with old friends, and maybe even taking part in some outdoor activities, cycling, golf, yoga, and a barbecue. You can find out more at events.unquote.com forward slash allocate. We look forward to seeing you there. Hello, listeners. I'm here at Accurus HQ with Token Markets' Ryan Hanley. Ryan, welcome to the pod. Thank you very much for having me. So many of our listeners will have noticed that VC funds in particular are talking more and more about ICOs and STOs. And uh, hopefully, if they've been paying attention, some of them will even know what these acronyms stand for. So if you could uh, just sort of briefly outline the difference for us. So how about we uh, we start with the, the ICO acronym. So ICO stands for Initial Coin Offering. So this is a vehicle in which uh, a number of companies over the last about four or five years, but most prominently the last two years, uh, were raising funds almost in a manner typical to uh, crowdfunding. So effectively, where rather than selling an equity or a security, um, they were actually sort of pre-selling a token, which should have a, a sort of a utilization within a blockchain-orientated platform. And this might be something such as uh, an access token, or a payment token, or what you normally specialize in, a utility token. Let's say I had a fun fair. Um, my fun fair wasn't very good. It was in a very good part of town. Um, I had some dodgems, I had a wheel, they were creaky, a bit rusty. You would pay one pound or one token to be able to go on one of my rides. Now, me as a, an investor, I might see that your fun fair isn't very good, but has lots of potential. So perhaps I buy five million tokens off you to start with. You are then able to use that capital to do various things within your closed payment network, which would be, let's say, make a haunted house uh, ride, which you then would have a much greater value asset. People would then be able to use that token, which you might then buy for a higher amount. It might be four or five pounds. So if you'd bought a lot up front and you held on to those in two to three years time, you might be then be able to, to make a little bit of profit within a secondary market by selling them to somebody else who wish to participate within the fund. So this is great for founders. Presumably they can raise a lot of money without giving away any equity. Um, so what went wrong? I mean, why do we need these security tokens? So I, I think what happened was greed um, kind of uh, came into this game very sharply and very, very quickly. Um, I, I think the essence of the ICO was actually very, very interesting at the start and quite pure to start with. Um, you'd have companies who were building a blockchain orientated protocol or use for a token and they wish to have a larger fundraise 
um, up front. So they could go and develop a roadmap, which may take two or five years because it's a very, very new technology. And they didn't want to be at the behest of VCs um, or investors demanding a return after three months and potentially steering their project in a, a sort of a direction that wasn't true to their vision. So they found it very, very attractive to be able to raise quite large sums of money, um, maybe, you know, 35, 40 million um, in some cases, huge amounts for startup companies to be able to have a effectively a runway for maybe, you know, three to five years and be uncompromising in what they're looking to build out. What it also allowed them to do um, was actually widen the field of the amount of people who could come in and could effectively invest in these ICO tokens. Um, because you're using something called a smart contract, where within that code, you could send Ethereum and then receive a certain amount of token and that was absolute and uncompromising and that would happen. You could effectively look at ways in which you could broadcast that to a much wider group of people who might not typically come into an equity round. Is that where token market comes in, in the kind of broadcasting to the wider audience, right? So, so token market, we, we did a, a few different things. So we um, provided the rails, so the actual smart contract itself for a crowd sale. We were sort of guys who ultimately built those rails to allow people to be able to do that type of funding, um, to be able to lock things into a multi-sig wallet where token, uh, you know, funds would only be released at a certain point when tokens were released and certain goals had been met, to allow you know, a very large amount of people to be able to contribute in a very short amount of time. So we, we had one last year, we had 17,000 people who'd been pre-KYC'd, AML'd, um, who'd come in and were able to contribute over a three-hour period and have their tokens delivered to them in a safe, very secure way. So token market would be part the um, technical side to ensure that you'd have smart contracts which weren't doing funky things, so that when Ethereum got sent to them, tokens came back out, um, making sure that the correct KYC, AML, source of funds checks was being done on people um, who were coming in with larger amounts, and also helping with some of the promotion and the marketing. So we have a, a very engaged audience who come to our site, newsletter reaches 170,000 people. So we would effectively act as this um, advisor um, who would help with that kind of infrastructure for, for these types of raises. And of course, also vetting these projects as well. And what about an STO? What what does that stay? It's security token. So they're actually offering equity, but through this new method. So STO is this big, wide ranging term that we all use at the moment, because it's the one that um, everyone can sort of cling on to and, and understand, but I think this will kind of get broken down a little bit over the next few months. Um, when we talk of STOs, so security token offerings, um, the, the major thing that we are looking at is the initial issuance of a security or an equity. Um, and how we're looking to do that is under the, the UK sandbox, um, the FTA sandbox for crowdfunding. So effectively where we can issue a token on the Ethereum blockchain which is a representation of a share, the value of a share. Um, so that's typically how we see an STO, but there's various other things. So, you know, securities are obviously vehicles um, which have been used in a wide range of different categories. And, you know, some of the ones we're seeing are the tokenization of funds. So where people have raised a fund, and then you have a token which represents obviously the equity stake within that fund, and it potentially might have a dividend payout, various terms tied to it. And you're also seeing in the US and, and also in Asia, um, a lot of things called REITs, so real estate investment trusts, where people are, are looking to, to issue STOs um, based on those. So it's very, very wide ranging at the moment. I think our core focus right now is very much on what it was in the ICO market, working with quite smart, interesting, potentially highly scalable technology companies and helping them raise growth capital. 
So would it be fair to say that it's slightly more regulated, especially than, than ICOs are, especially were at the beginning? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Um, I mean, there's there's existing frameworks in place for, for all manners sure. of securities. And, and just with that in mind, would we then expect maybe more institutional funds, VCs, maybe even PE firms to start thinking about investing in these securities? I think so, yes. Um, whether they will be the sort of the, the first ones in, probably not. I, I imagine they'll probably be a little bit more considered. They'll wait for a few of these to to go ahead and a few successes to, to, to sort of have been made. I think one of the other things that, that those guys may, may wait on is the, the liquidity aspect of a security token offering. So when we see some of these secondary markets uh, really kick off, and we, we've you know, got a few already, uh, T0 in the US have started to trade on a very small scale and funnily enough, quite regulated hours, nine to five, as uh, more traditional guys have done. We've got various play, plays within Singapore, within Malta, with Six as well, who are looking to do this. Um, and even NASDAQ are looking at sort of a blockchain-based play in terms of an exchange. So I think that those guys, yes, ultimately that they will start being more interested in this area because it offers them that buyer protection that they're used to in more traditional ways in which they would uh, invest their capital. We saw quite a few funds that actually weren't able to uh, invest in ICOs when they first kicked off and maybe wanted to, perhaps as a bit of a blessing in disguise that they they weren't quite able to, (laughs) Um, but have tweaked their terms for the subsequent generation so that they are able to get into ICOs. I don't know if this will extend to STOs as well, but it'd be interesting to to wait and see, I, I suppose. The last thing, and we spoke about this a little bit off air, how there was a big sort of explosion in ICOs in 2017. Uh, Not all of them went that well. um, And subsequently, a slowdown in 2018. Can I ask you, what was the sort of worst example of an ICO which shouldn't have happened, one that you passed (laughs) up on? There was was many that we passed up on (laughs) over the last two years. Um, I mean, some of them were, were quite fanciful. I mean, in the general terms, some of the first questions we always would ask were, why does this need a token? Why does this need blockchain? Um, it's a lot cheaper and easier for you to build this out and to scale it if it doesn't have these things. So why is it absolutely important? Um, just sort of anecdotally, some of the guys we did see, um, we had one guy who wanted to do a dog walking ICO on the blockchain so absolutely paramount to make sure that uh yeah <laughs> you could track all of the various dog walkers who were taking your pup out i guess um uh, was the kind of the thesis there we had one guy who literally just sent us a picture of a big um robot which was armed and effectively said he wanted to develop this military-based technology and sell it to the u.s government that should definitely be funded definitely should have funded that one <laughs> should definitely go into the arms dealer race great market um <laughs> So obviously we, we steered away from those. But no, we had many fanciful um, requests from people who were very, very clear on how they'd like to spend the money, um, but not so sure about how relevant it was for a utility-based token. Great. Well, I look forward to catching up with you later in the year. Once uh, once you've done your own, we'll see how that went. Um, but thanks very much. Bye. Thanks so much. Cheers. Ryan Hanley from Token Market there, and since we recorded that interview a matter of days ago, Token Market has announced its own £10 million STO. Bringing this back to venture capital, Ryan touched on some of the fundraising opportunities for VCs with STOs, but from a deal-making point of view, what are the opportunities and threats to venture, Gareth? Well, I think uh, the obvious play, Kenny, as as the STO market grows is that you're going to see a pretty large ecosystem of, of service providers and platforms. 
um, which you know obviously will be um, targets for for kind of direct venture funding. Um, I'm not sure we're going to see many venture firms going directly into the STOs themselves. Yeah, um, that's that's right, Gareth. And just to back that up with a quick example, um, Neufund is actually one of these intermediary companies that we that you were referring to. Uh, it raised money using an STO, or actually it called it an ETO, an equity token offering, last year. Um, and it raised the money in two rounds, as in there was a pre-sale to the token offering and then there was the public offering in the pre-sale there was some venture capital money not directly from the fund but mangrove capital partners partner michael jackson was involved as was uh, philip Fraser from kkr so clearly people at these institutions are looking very closely at it um to also today inovia capital announced its 600 million dollar double fundraise and launch in london that's a canadian vc firm coming over here to uh, look more closely at opportunities in europe and the uk and i spoke to one of the partners who's responsible for the early stage deployment about whether they'd be investing in tokens at all and he said he was still a bit unsure about it he said they'd look quite closely at a couple of situations but it was still a bit unclear about how the tokens actually what the relationship of the tokens was with the underlying equity and he actually referred to the tokens as a sort of shadow equity so certainly still early days mm, yeah it is indeed uh, early days but can we envisage a world denise uh, in which venture capital is eventually replaced by token offerings I really don't think so. Not now, at least. Um, I don't think that um, token offerings are a real threat to the traditional route of raising money through the venture capital market. I mean, if I had £10 million to invest, it would be purely speculative investing in the token market. In order to get any critical mass, you'd have to invest in a lot of companies without the benefit of a fund managing, looking after your portfolio, mitigating all that risk. So I think I'd be safer with um, a venture fund manager. And surely there are benefits to to a business owner beyond the, the mere sort of funding aspect to having venture backers, Gareth. Absolutely, I think the the most obvious one is experience. Um, with with venture capital funding, you're getting the benefit of of the experience of people who have been through the process on numerous occasions. They've navigated all the pitfalls of of growing different types of businesses, so they can offer you guidance. Um, uh, I suppose the other thing is is the pretty substantial networks that these people have built up over times so that that you'll have have access to, um, which STOs kind of exclude you from. Gareth, sorry to jump in just there, but I know we're running out of time. I just want to add my two cents uh, that I, okay, maybe we can't envisage a world where venture capital goes away, but I can envisage a world where venture capital invests in more tokens and generally takes more advantage of blockchain technology be that for investing in token rounds or for fund administration purposes and just more general investment purposes. Great. Well, I'm afraid, as you predicted there, that is all we have uh, time for. Um, but before we go, allow me to, to remind you all listeners to subscribe to the Unquote Private Equity podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, or if you prefer to continue listening on the Unquote website at unquote.com. My thanks go to our guest Ryan Hanley from Token Market, to all of our panellists and to you listener. We'll speak to you soon.